1: Well, usually I'll do like a, like an intro spiel of how are you and what are you all, how's your day been and how's life? But yeah, we had a bit of a dramatic weekend really that has divided the entire F1 community as we speak. So let's just start. Silverstone, we've just finished it and the events are still unfolding. Matt, what was your race rating for this weekend? I'm going to make some people mad on this,
0: but I'm going
1: to say at best an eight. Okay. Um, Emma, how would you rate this one out of 10?
2: It's a solid nine for me.
1: Uh, Michael, out of 10? 10. Straight up. That's it. 10. And, um, since no one else will ask me, Ollie, out of 10? It's 10. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights
3: out and away we go.
1: cause I got my Welcome along to the show. We have just finished a incredible um, Silverstone weekend. It's been it's been different. We've had different formats. We've had um, crashes. We've had lots of fallouts. We've had Christian Horner um, voicing his opinion on certain things, we've had people in the hospital. Oh my God, where do we start, Emma? Where Did do we, we start- also have
0: Helmet Marco protesting in the streets like a militant rebel at one point as well? Yeah, he left.
1: He left the circuit halfway through the race, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's just been. I'm knackered. Now we've got recorded record a podcast, uh, uh, Emma. Where do we start?
2: I think we've got to start with the main event, really: Lewis versus Max into Cops Corner.
1: Yeah, I mean Silverstone. Okay, so um, t- to our listeners, I wasn't there, and neither was Emma, Matt, or uh, Michael this weekend. But we did have a lot of our former team there, and I hope you all got sunburnt and are shriveled up and really ill tomorrow because I'm very jealous of the race that I missed. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we had probably the the you know the, the 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 first half a lap that we've all dreamed of. It was gloves off. It was what we've said, oh, as F1 fans, this is what we want to see. And we got it. But, clearly not all F1 fans wanted to see it that much, did they? (laughs) Who wants to take it?
0: (laughs) I think what fascinates me about this is the dichotomy of F1 fans. For years, we have clamoured and screamed and hollered for a proper championship battle. And... Ollie, I love you. I love all of our Lewis fans. I love Mercedes fans around the world, but you all, you all have had it easy. You've had a couple of good tusses here and there and Max Verstappen has been taking it to you guys this year and all of a sudden we get some good hard racing. We will dive into the uh, occurrence. I won't use the I word, but and everybody lost their freaking minds. It doesn't matter if you're if you're a Mercedes fan. They're all saying, oh, that's Max's fault. He shouldn't have been that far outside. You don't do that at cops. If you're a Max fan, Lewis did that deliberately. He turned into me. It's like, God, have you forgotten the two magic words, people? Racing incident. And the amount of, I won't say stupidity, the amount of uh, <laughs> flack I have seen both sides giving and receiving from this is both entertaining, but also I think... You yeah, know, shout out to our Facebook moderators. Rest in peace.
1: You will be missed. Uh, it's been insane. <laughs> uh, do, do you know why I know this is a, a classic fallout? Uh, and do you know what? F1 races where we can't... We, we don't really have anything to talk about. Paul Ricard. No one was arguing about Paul Ricard, right? But this is one of those races which has divided us. And I know that because it's divided our own team to the point where I've stopped reading their messages now because it was annoying me. So... The fact that my family have different views to me means that there are difference of opinions which are all valid for all different reasons um, and everyone is allowed
3: their own opinion. But let, let's, let's break it down. The Titans collided, didn't they? I think, yeah, but I, for me, I said it when, during the race and I'll say it again now for the benefit of this. If you're not going to put a wheel up the inside of a corner, then it's not racing. I don't get it. We saw the same move again later in the race, right? And it pulled off. And you looked at the different analysis, you looked at the way the different lines worked, and you saw Max turn in halfway through that corner, which for me, caused that crash.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, the other side is, well, if Lewis wasn't there, they wouldn't have collided. There's a very easy answer to that. Um, F1 has more than one car, therefore there are always going to be more than one car on the circuit. Just shocking. I mean, good God, could you guys believe your eyes when you saw that happen? Could you believe it? No. No.
2: The thing is, you've got to look at, from the very start of the race, the two of them were off the line really, really strongly, they were fighting from the very, very start. And then they got into that corner, they got into Cop's corner. Max did give him a little bit of space. Lewis was actually alongside Max. So Max definitely saw him because you actually saw the onboard of Max and you saw him turn the steering wheel slightly to the left to give Lewis a little bit of space. But he's still got to take a race in line, so he turns back in. But... I think he expected Lewis to back out and a driver of that calibre does not back out of that manoeuvre.
1: But he has been backing out, hasn't he? It, you know, if we no, he has uh, been raced that closely in turn one. No, if we look at That Imler, is the Imola turn one. Max shoved him out. OK, there's a key difference here, which is one is 180 miles an hour and the other one is about 60. Slightly different, but... Max, Max gives his fair share of shoving people around, you know.
2: I, I actually, during the race, because I was so incensed by this, I was just like, someone has got to take the blame. So I just did a little bit of research. I mean, as you say, Ollie, Max has got previous for aggressive racing. So Hungary 2016, he was in a tussle with Kimi Raikkonen, really defensive tactics, weaving all over the place. Belgium 2016, he had a tussle with the Ferraris. Mexico 2016, Sebastian Vettel goes off on the grass, comes back onto the track, needs to give a place back to Vettel. He calls Vettel childish. Hungary 2017, collides with Ricardo. Singapore 2017, he's in a Ferrari sandwich. Bahrain 2018, collides with Hamilton. China 2018, it collides with Vettel again, and he actually says after the race, I don't need I don't need to be less aggressive. Max Verstappen is known to be an aggressive driver. He wouldn't be in that Red Bull seat fighting for a world championship if he wasn't an aggressive driver. Lewis Hamilton wouldn't be a seven-time world champion if he wasn't an aggressive driver.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I cannot dispute any of the things Emma just stated because they are all rooted in fact, and I would be remiss to do so.
1: Quick question: Were they all Max at fault? The ones you've just mentioned. Yeah. Yes. Is that your opinion or is that a fact?
2: No, that's an actual that, fact.
1: Those were all penalized incidences. Yeah. Uh, just, just for the listening community. The one thing I will say is that
0: most, if not all, of the incidences Emma just listed, there are two key differences. Number one. I think Max has matured at a very, very rapid pace this season alone, much less in comparison to last season. So I don't think we can kind of hold him to the coals like we would have in the past for this incident. Uh, Also, we are talking the two greatest drivers on the grid. Seb, I love you. You're no longer the second greatest driver on the grid. (laughs) You haven't been for a while.
1: It's fun again without any (laughs) goals. But
0: what I will say is that knowing these cars dynamics and the way they operate and looking at the simple aerodynamic principles of them, all of the incidences Emma just listed, they were not that close to a wall. One of the things they are doing in which one, Emma, which one did I forget?
2: No, you didn't forget any. You're you're spot on. Like okay, okay. You were shaking your head. I was like, don't you fight me on this. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that I, I mean, I'm, I think this whole thing was a recent incident. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, yes. What I'm saying is that Max is also an aggressive driver. To all those people who are saying that Lewis was too aggressive on that corner, Max is an aggressive driver anyway. And 2016 was the example of a season for him. You know, every single driver on the grid that year was calling i an aggressive driver.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing that's really telling for me is if we were to look at Max Verstappen, let's just use 2019 as an example to be a little bit hyperbolic. Uh, Max Verstappen did not close the door fully on Lewis Hamilton on this because Max Verstappen understands the outwash. That outwash hitting that wall, you were going to be pushed away from the apex of that corner. It's a simple aerodynamic principle. Max Verstappen understands this. So he didn't shut the door completely, which would then make it his own fault. He basically put it in the hands of Lewis Hamilton's like, okay, you better hold it. And then Lewis Hamilton could have caught, you know, a little bit of, uh, got a little loose in the front end, could have been pushed off by the wall of the air outwash. And then what happened happens because they are both capable of winning championships neither one of it's a game of chicken and neither one of them blinks so then it comes down to Mr. Newton decides who comes out the victor today Max Verstappen lost if the roles were reversed you know it could have been the same again it's kind of a 50/50 shot Max Verstappen came up short so uh
1: yeah kids welcome to equal and opposite reactions the the the, the thing is you know Toto um he sent this email and it did actually come out what was on this email after the race And he had pulled out some rule book and done a diagram and all of this. And um, he read it out on Sky Sports and I can't remember who challenged it. Someone like I think it may have been Jensen said, no, that's not right. That rule says this. And Toto went, no, it doesn't. It's interpreted this way. And... The thing is, right, you can have a rule for everything, but this is what we don't want. Because then it's, and let me just check page uh, 3,072, um, d- diagram 6.7, which Toto Wolf made 10 years ago. No, we don't want that. We just want battling. What, what do you make on that, Matt? I just love the fact that in the middle of
0: the race, like, the car's not even off the track. Toto's like, have uh, you checked your email? And I believe it was Mike Massey, wasn't it? He's like, yeah. no, dude, yeah. we're at the race. And am I kind of busy? <laughs> yeah. And, and in my mind, when that first happened, you know, I have no artistic ability outside of music whatsoever. So my first thought was like, you know, whenever a small child brings home a colored drawing and that your parents hang it on the refrigerator, I imagine that with like two different crayon lines going through eternity. turn. he was like, using mathematical equations, he had engineers verifying the velocities and all these things of two crayon drawings of cars going into a corner because there is no way unless he has like one of Willy Wonka's uh, Oompa Loompas underneath the table making high quality graphics and he cranks something out that quick. I-, I died. I couldn't handle Toto at that point.
3: You, are, I think you said it was uh, Microsoft Paint, right? I think that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just, he's just drawing
0: with his mouse what a, what the corner looks like in different colors did, and did, said, this is a just, diagram. Did he use the paint bucket for the grass? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he filled in for the grass on the outside. <laughs>
3: I think we can agree the, the biggest shock out of that was that Lewis didn't lose his front left wheel, right? <laughs> the yeah. impact was huge. I don't know how he didn't sustain any track rod damage, anything on that. I think that was incredible.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's it. I mean, the benefit of hindsight, which, you know, is very beneficial, um, is everyone's like, well, you know, um, Lewis, he, he won the Grand Prix. He got rid of his, his you know, his rival. Lewis didn't hit him racing drivers do not touch, right? That is the worst nightmare because Lewis could have very easily gone straight out. In fact, I thought they both had gone out at that point. You know, this isn't intentional. Yes, it's aggressive. But um, one thing Lewis did say um, in the post-race interviews was, Max is an aggressive driver. I'm not going to be bullied. And I actually think he has been bullied a little bit this season by Max. You know, he's now, if you're going into turn one, Lewis will be the one to, to back out because he thinks Max is so aggressive that he's just gonna stay there. And I think today at Silverstone, Lewis thought, nah, mate, nah.
3: Not happening today. Um, it yeah, felt like a momentum shift. Mm, mm, yeah. Think.
2: But the thing is you don't get anywhere by being like just sat there on a Sunday drive, like Bottas, for example. Yeah, you, you have to be if you want to win world championships, you have to get out there and be aggressive. Um, you know and Max learnt the hard way you know back in 2016 like he was just so aggressive to the point where he was destroying everybody on, on the grid people were scared to actually be sat alongside him on, on the front row because they were thinking I'm going to get taken out in the first corner but he's learnt his lesson but no world champion got to where they were without being an aggressive driver you've got to be
3: mm. I think Emma you uh, you raised a really really good point and and so did Matt. The fact that you know, twenty sixteen. If you look at it from a, of a stepping point of view, how much he's matured. I mean, that has to factor into the equation. And I think this year, and as you said last year, is incredible. The steps that he's taken, and he actually feels like a world champion this year. And I think it's a shame that we were denied the battle today. I think that that's that's the biggest loss for the F one community is that we were denied that battle for the rest of the race. Well, we had the battle, and there was a winner, and there was oh, a loser. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, so- In the words
0: of the uh, much-venerated American stock car driver Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. And I think today we saw the closest thing to some good old American bumper paint trading between Max and Lewis, and Max came out on the, outside, on the downside of that. Uh, I'm sure we can all come to terms and disagree and fall out over – you know, who should have gotten penalized, if anybody. Uh, I, think, I know that M and I are firmly in team racing incident, because if we tell them to stop taking attempting these overtakes, we're basically attempting to tell them to stop being who they are and to stop racing and to stop challenging for the championship. Uh, there are things on the backside that could have been handled differently by the Mercedes team. I wouldn't even say by Lewis Hamilton, by the Mercedes team. But, you know, robin's racing, baby. That's, that's what it is, and that's what we
1: saw happen today. So... Mm. so personally Matt I think uh, you know I'm I'm a fan of Lewis I always have been he got me into F1 but what I will say is that was a racing incident and that's not because I'm a Lewis fanboy and I can't admit it Um, I I love Max Verstappen well loved until something he's just put on Twitter Uh, sorry Instagram Um, but he's we want to see racing right and I'm, I'm a fan of whoever provides the most entertainment whether that be Lewis or whether that be Max the best man should always win, right? But that was the almost, to me, the definition of a racing incident. It really I was. Agree. It, was yeah. it was Lewis should have done a bit more of this, Max should have done a bit more of that. They, they touched. But do you guys think that the penalty had to happen because Max's race was destroyed and they needed to balance it out? Or, or you know, uh, I think there was a quote from the stewards which said, you know, uh, Car 44 put his wheel there and, you know, Based on this, uh, car 44 was in the wrong. And if you literally just switch the numbers around, its still the same sentence still works, right? it's, it's just an opinion. So I mean M you've already said it was a racing incident. so wh- why did we get penalty?
2: I think it's as you said. I think it's because it ended Maxi's race and the the amount of damage on his car. I mean that was a really, really fast crash. It was like 180, 185 miles an hour. And Lewis got a 10-second penalty. Now, I don't agree that he should have been given a penalty. I, I think that it should have been racing instant and no further action. But both drivers were to blame. But what came after that, and this is what I find really fascinating, and I understand why some of the fans are really kicking off, especially the Max Verstappen fans, because Lewis was handed that 10-second penalty, served it, and still managed to win the race That is absolutely incredible and that is why he is considered one of the greatest drivers of all time because no other driver on the grid I don't think would be able to have achieved that. And the only other person that I think possibly could have is Max Verstappen.
0: I actually read an article a couple of weeks ago that came out here on ESPN, and basically to summate what they were saying is that Christian Horner said that, and this is a loose paraphrasing, strict penalties could lead to F1 equivalent of footballers diving, and that they don't know what constitutes a penalty anymore. So not only are, you know, drivers unaware of what could be a penalizing offense. Let's also look at the track record of the Stewards this year. There have been multiple penalties handled out that all of us here at the Nerds and even our fans were like, what? <laughs> what? So for them to hand out these borderline, you know, that should have been racing incidences in the past to be penalized. I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner to where for the sake of continuity and for adjudicating at the same level and strictness that they have all season so far, they were basically, they forced themselves to give the penalty in the way they've gone about this season so far.
1: And I think, I think, you know, the fact that, Christian Horner can be so um, opinionated. I'm talking about when the crash just happened and the Red Bull team No, this was clearly wrong based on X, Y, and Z. And then Toto's making his diagrams. That actually means that there is no right and wrong because otherwise they would just follow the rules, right? Right or wrong is
0: subjective based upon who's paying your bills. So if you were working for Red Bull you should never come out and say Max Verstappen is wrong. If you're Toe a Wolf, you're never gonna come out and say, you know, Botox for Hamilton was wrong. I say for Hamilton, or Hamilton is wrong. There is this gamesmanship with him. Uh, I do think that as we have recently given him the moniker of Karen Horner today, (laughs) uh, Christian has gone a little bit further than we would normally consider acceptable Mm -hmm. uh, because some of the statements have been fairly outrageous at the racist conclusion mm. but i think in that moment especially if your number one driver goes out you've got to you know pull every string you can to make it seem like your driver is innocent i mean if and i made the comment with you ollie you know if lewis hamilton had gone out there and the roles were reversed or somebody else had taken lewis hamilton off total wolf would have also been uh you know maybe not making a stink like Christian Horner did, but would have been lobbying and advocating for his driver as vehemently
1: Mm -hmm. as
0: Christian Horner did.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Christian Horner in the last race said that, you know, there was an incident with Perez, and he said, that's just a racing incident. You know, his driver lost out. And it's almost like he had a time machine where he's going to go, right, okay, I'm going to make myself look really fair this time, and then when I next say my opinion, everyone should listen to me. But... What actually happened, guys, is Lewis got a 10-second penalty, which was, let's be honest, designed to wreck his race. Um, that's the purpose of a penalty. You shouldn't benefit from this. Um, yes, Max Verstappen was out of the race. Yes, I was gutted. And do you know what? It was a horrific crash, and no one wants to see that. It doesn't matter who you're a fan of. We're all human beings. Um, and it was sad that he was out of the race. Lewis t- t- took his sentence, right? So why is everyone still so bitter about it?
3: That is the question, isn't it? And there are a few reasons, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah, there are. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah.
2: I think it's because he still won the race. Basically, the Red Bull and Verstappen fans believe, and, and actually Christian Horner himself, believes that Lewis Hamilton should not have won the race after that incident. He believes that the penalty given should mean that Lewis shouldn't have won the race. They don't think the penalty was then harsh enough So when the penalty was given, 10 second penalty, they thought that's fine. Lewis is not going to win the race from this, but Lewis is such a great driver that he still won the race with a 10 second penalty. And now they're saying it's not harsh enough because he shouldn't won the race. So people are getting annoyed because they believe that Hamilton was at fault and that in fact, he shouldn't really be celebrating a win if he's caused that crash.
1: Mm. That's
2: That's why they're essentially getting really wound up about it.
1: Uh, yeah, and talking on the celebrations, there's there's another there's another reason um, that people didn't like his celebrations. So Matt, what happens when you when you crash an F1 car at uh, those sort of speeds and that sort of G force? What what's the protocol?
0: The FIA will review the onboard uh, data and telemetry to figure out what sort of speed and the Gs subjected to the driver. Uh, I think it's arbit- it's not an arbitrary number. There is a set limit that you are required to go to the uh, you know, to dock. But today we saw that Max Verstappen had an impact of 53 G's, which to put in perspective, he was subjected to 53 times the normal force of gravity. That is the second biggest shunt that I have heard of behind Romain Grosjean, which this also just serves to prove how miraculous that incident was and how far safety has come. But basically they go send the medical car out to the driver, they send him off for preliminary health evaluations and checks, and If necessary, do X-rays, MRIs, other less invasive uh, means of observance. Uh, The fact that Max, yeah, granted, Max was hurting. I don't know if you guys have heard the onboard audio after that. You know, definitely sounded winded. Uh, Would not be surprised to learn of some, you know, either bruised or broken ribs in that, because he did come in perpendicular to that wall. At 185 miles an hour, I don't care who you are, how fit you are, or how great the safety pod is. That's gonna leave a mark. Uh, but just to see him get out, you know, he he was hurting. We could see it in his gait. Uh, they are required to take him to hospital at that point to evaluate him and make sure that there are no life-threatening internal injuries because he is subjected
1: to those. Absolutely, and I think you know, if we ever hear of an F1 driver going to hospital, it's serious, right? That that's automatically what we think and mostly it is when they go to hospital like you've just said matt you're going to be injured after that speed um but max and again i'm being as fair as i can possibly be here but max didn't have any um visible physical injuries okay he he, he, i think he had a bit of um well what will be concussion and he was a bit dizzy and stuff but it wasn't like you know half his leg was hanging off um it was a requirement that he had to go to hospital for the relevant checks wasn't it mike
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think touching back on Matt's point as well, what's really key on that is the fact that when that kind of shunt does happen and they hit those forces, they're actually required to tell the driver to stay in the car because they will put a slide into the car and lift them out, remove the halo uh, if they can um, with the tools they've got, uh, or they'll put a slide in with the halo and remove the driver. The fact that Max got out of the car shows that, yeah, he was winded, but he wasn't that... (laughs) wasn't that badly injured. But yeah, you're right. He was. He was hurt. I just wanted to touch on the fact that there was no intervention required from the medical team.
2: And I think one of the other reasons why the fans were really annoyed is because they kind of felt like Lewis Hamilton was showing absolutely no concern for the welfare of Max Verstappen. But immediately after the incident max you know when max got out the car lewis hamilton was heard over team radio asking if max was okay and he was told by his team yes max is okay max is out of the car lewis did not learn about verstappen going to the hospital until the post-race interviews after the podium after the main interviews um with jensen button it was it was after the actual celebrations that he was told by somebody from Sky Sports F1 that Max had actually gone to hospital for precautionary checks. So Lewis was under the impression that Max was actually okay and that everything was fine. And he didn't know anything about the fact that Max had to go for extra checkups until well after the celebration. So that's that's another reason why people were getting quite wound up.
0: I think this is a massive drop of the ball by Mercedes. Uh, in that, you know, if we go back through his history, Lewis Hamilton and almost every driver on the field, religiously, if there is an accident, one of the first things they ask their team, first things they ask their team, there we go, is, is he okay? Once you're given the, yes, he is, you know, they're racing driver. They have to put that out of their mind. They have a job to do. There's livelihoods on the line. That's, that's their way of making money. Uh, I understand why Mercedes didn't stop him in the middle of the race because he needed to focus on chasing down Charles Leclerc. Spoiler alerts for later in the podcast. He needed to focus on, you know, doing what he had to do, negotiating around teammates and other things. There, you're not going to stop a man on the charge and go, oh, hey, by the way, remember the guy you had contact with at, you know, Cop's Corner? He's now in hospital. Enjoy your race. That That's 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 not the way it's ever going to happen. You're also not going to stop the man who let's face it, I am not, I am not a Lewis Hamilton fan. The F1 world and British fans specifically needed Lewis Hamilton to win this race, kind of like a, uh, a morale boost after the darkness has been COVID that has plagued the world in this sport. You know, we're not through it yet either, by the way, but it is a heartwarming thing. It is something that's very, very, uh, uh, needed in the world. You need some sort of light. You're not gonna tell the guy who's sitting there in tears, having won the British Grand Prix for the eighth time, Hey. Lewis this is James. <laughs> this is James. Uh, yeah. You put Max in hospital, but enjoy your win. That it's not, it's, it's not feasible where they drop the ball is, you know, you have to prep him once he's out of that car and goes to the interviews. Hey, by the way, park it up and park for me. Make sure you say, you hope, uh, Max feels better or wish Max well. That's all they have to say. Mm. And that didn't happen. I think they may have gotten wrapped up in the emotions. Uh, I feel Mercedes are more to blame than Lewis Hamilton this. And they offered him up unintentionally to take people off today.
1: Yeah, they gave gave the the Hamilton haters and the people who don't quite see things, you know, the way that others do. um, They they gave them that, that ammunition, didn't they? So, you know, basically you've got Max in the hospital because he has to. It's the requirement to check him up. You've then got Lewis Hamilton who doesn't acknowledge it. It's, it's actually two completely different things. Lewis, number one, doesn't know he's in hospital, and two, he's in hospital not because he's got an arm hanging off, because he has to have the checkups, right? So, actually, this has all been, in my opinion, blown out of proportion. Now, uh, to, to be fair, if this was round the other way, uh, you know, if it was Lewis who went into the barriers, had to go into hospital and stuff, I... Th- I, I I honestly think my opinion would be exactly the same. Yes, I would be a little bit upset because, um, you know, Lewis got smashed off at his home Grand Prix. I was upset Max got smashed off. Um, but, you know, as a racing fan, I see it both sides. And, and I really, it, it upsets me to see that we're even talking about this rather than mentioning one of the most incredible drives I've ever seen um, from the seven-time champion at home, right? Right. We haven't even mentioned that part yet because we're too busy talking about he said, she said. It's it's a shame.
2: Yeah, and I think the fallout from this is going to carry on into Hungary. Like, you can just see, Max is now uh, fine. He's been sending messages from his Instagram account. And it's... it's I, I didn't expect the reaction from Max, um, the reaction that I saw on Instagram. He basically said... First of all, I am glad I'm okay. It was quite an impact at 51G, but feeling better. Obviously very disappointed with being taken out like this. The penalty given does not help us in any way and doesn't do justice to the dangerous move Lewis made on track. Watching the celebrations after the race while still in hospital is disrespectful and unsportsmanlike behavior, but we move on. Something like that is is just gonna spur on the hate even more. And this is what really winds me up about Formula One fans on on social media, you know, the F1 Twitter world is now full of hate and disrespect towards both drivers when it really just should have been called as a race and incident. And both drivers are not helping themselves by by spurring it on, if that makes sense.
0: It's not only Twitter, it's spilled over into us as well. And when I first read Max Verstappen's Instagram post, I read it as, well, I'm glad I'm OK. Where was my statement from you, Lewis? It seemed almost petulant and confrontational from that. And so, you know, it's a it's a the drivers are clapping back at each other. Lewis actually responded uh, in the post race interviews once he got done destroying the fence at Silverstone, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, talking about, well, I feel I'll still on the right. He shouldn't have done that. And it's almost like you know, they're winding up their fans and making it what it is because they are both so passionate. But the drivers themselves are nowhere near as bad as the F one fans on social media, and it, it's only going to get worse. It will not reach Senna Prost levels of animosity between these two. They've had run-ins before, uh, but you know the drivers' championship has got a lot closer and a hell of a lot more interesting because of this incident.
3: Do you feel, I need to ask this question though, so Lewis won with a penalty. If he didn't get the penalty, he would have won. If that was changed, or if that wasn't declared a penalty, if that was declared a racing incident, do you feel, as a panel, that there would still be the animosity between the fans on this subject?
2: 100%. Yeah,
0: a
1: yeah. hundred times worse, I think. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because nothing was done by the stewards.
3: Yeah. I'm glad uh, you said that, because that was my instinct as well. Mm. So, I'm yeah, okay, and cool. What I
1: found really interesting is, uh, Delilah, by the way, shout out to you, she sent me the screenshot of the Max Verstappen Instagram post, and I my instant response was fake. I could not... Believe Max Verstappen had said what you've just you you've just said. Emma, you know, these guys are professionals. They've got media, coaches. They've also got people who manage their social media for them. But I went straight onto his Instagram. and had to look for myself because I was in shock. And the, there was bad punctuation. There was something spelt wrong. There weren't full stops, right? So you know, this is Max writing it on his phone in anger without any sort of PR talk, right? Isn't that a little bit exciting?
0: It is. I almost, I didn't say this in the chat because I'm not sure how this is going to go over, but I have to make the joke now. Uh, Max Verstappen kind of went Donald Trump. He's a little high on painkillers. Nobody's there looking over his shoulder while he's got his phone, so we don't know what's going to come out. Uh, I also feel that being a, gosh, we think we have it bad doing like moderating on Facebook. Imagine having to tell Max Verstappen what he can and can't say after an incident like this. I think they all treat media coaching, kind of like a speed limit. It's more of a suggestion. Like, I make enough money, I'll pay your fine. Uh, you know, it was kind of, I'm gonna be contrarian to Ollie here. Yes, I think Max Verstappen could have handled it better, but honestly, it humanizes these drivers a little bit more to see some of this genuine emotion spill over into their interaction. This, It's not all, uh, you know, it was a good race there, buddy. I came up a little bit inside on your heart there. I hope you have a great day. Say hello to your wife and kids for me. It's like, no, screw you, guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
1: and also after Max Verstappen's boss Christian Horner says on TV that was a hollow win for Lewis Hamilton oh, God. Max can say whatever the hell he wants because he's not being led by example is he? <laughs> yeah that was a tad harsh there were quite a few things that was the one bit that I picked out but there were a few things he said in there where I thought wowzers and what I quite liked is Toto Wolff and Lewis, Lewis didn't wasn't quite as harsh but what he did say is max is known for being that type of racer this is going to happen and i'm not going to take it and what we've got now okay we've got a bit of a divide in the f1 world it's gonna be a bit of a hate for a while but i always think about this with nico rosberg lewis hamilton alonso lewis hamilton all these people you can only be nice to each other for so long and there's always one thing that happens and then your worst enemies and it's just happened
2: completely agree completely agree and it's the fact that there's one sentence in Max Verstappen's Instagram post that's really annoyed me and it's the penalty has not helped us it's as if they were expecting like Lewis Hamilton just to be handed that penalty and then it was game over for him but like just because he came off better than Max Verstappen you know Lewis was still on the track very minimal damage it's as if Mercedes were almost sort of expecting a penalty. So change tact. So they, I think they kind of knew what was coming. So they really pushed Lewis. And he knew he had to get like that, you know, he had to get within the 10 seconds. It was just... It was just that whole that sentence from from Max and his Instagram feed. It's just really riled winning, me
1: up. Winning a penalty, isn't it? It's not yeah, about it's, the guy that's got injured. What it's, it about, is. it's about the kick that you get.
2: Yeah, it's about and dri- we shouldn't teams and drivers shouldn't have to like get excited about someone else getting handed a penalty, thinking oh this is going to be great for us. It's like shouldn't have to be like that. It's about racing, not penalties.
1: By the way, I, 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 my reference just then was football. I'm not sure if I said it's like getting a penalty. I meant in football. <laughs> Anyway, Matt, what's, what's, uh, what you think? I don't know why this popped in my head and I'm
0: about to put the nerd in Formula Nerds. When Emma read that statement about it didn't benefit us when he was given a penalty, for some reason my mind went straight to Star Wars where the Tusken Raiders are shooting their rifles at the pod racers and they shoot them and that one of them blows up and you see him on the hillside celebrating. <laughs> Is that what we need for F1? Do we need like rabid Red Bull fans at the hillside taking pot shots at Lewis Hamilton's tires? The penalties are there to make it even, not to alter the outcome of the race so blatantly. Matt, I'm not sure that's going to so,
3: make the oh. final
1: edit, mate. Actually, it is.
3: <laughs> so, I, I just want to I want to contribute to that because if anyone was going to be that Tuscan Raider, it was going to be the person who I replaced on this podcast today, and that was Cal. <laughs> who
2: is not responsive to
3: messages at the he's moment. not you, know, so you, know. you never know Cal would have been that guy Cal's She's
1: mannequin Cal is
0: Cal's looking for a nurse's outfit at Northampton right now I think that's yeah. what's happening
1: Cal bought his ticket at uh, about 11.30pm last night um super excited got so early so fresh and he is a huge Max Verstappen fan so um it's a shame he can't be here to, to share his views uh, in fact it's probably not a shame it would be disgusting however um, I just felt so sorry that he didn't even get to see Max go past once where he was sitting <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and how many times did he see Lewis Lewis even came for a close up at the end um, I can get why Max Verstappen fans might be slightly salty about it I, I do understand it's, it's, it's a passion we all love it right we all want our favourites to win but Sometimes they
3: don't. Yeah, but leading back to what you said about the whole penalty thing, Emma. I mean, for a start, if we're looking at the same premise as football, right, penalties aren't meant to give you an advantage. If the keeper saves a penalty, then it hasn't given the other team an advantage. They could still go on and win. It's the same scenario. Penalties aren't there to give a team an advantage. They're there to to penalise. And then what happens after that? Happens after it. it is. Lewis,
1: Lewis didn't save a penalty. He he was 7-0 down and then well, the scored his back. And came back. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could go in with football comparisons all day long. Um, we really want to know what you think. Do we? Uh. I will say this. I will say this. People of social media, we
0: want to hear what you think. But what goes on the internet stays on the internet. So, until to have... A, <laughs> until, yeah, until the moderators or myself delete it. Uh, and you... But, you know, I just want to see there are the voices of rationale out there, which I don't think even we qualify as there are very calm and level heads out there. So please don't listen to all the warmongering and just stupidity that's out there. I don't like using that word. but There is a lot of stupidity out there on this. Mm. Uh, Racing is racing. Exactly. it
1: happens and we, we we started this whole this whole formula nerd started as a facebook group where people can chat about their view and just like we're doing on this podcast here it, if you don't have a, a you know an actual point or or or, or some sort of uh, you know arguments to back up what you're saying don't say it It's pointless. The the whole reason we started this Formula Nerds uh, official group on Facebook is so that you can go and say, I think this because of this. And then someone like me who might think differently will go, yeah, actually, you're right. That's the whole purpose of F1. That's why we talk about it. We don't come on here to say um, Bottas is terrible or whatever. Um, (laughs) Sometimes we
3: do. (laughs) I mean, that's the
1: main reason I'm here. (laughs) Um, But is there anything else we want to add on on, on that particular incident? Because it's taken up nearly the whole podcast.
2: I just want to say, like, to all the fans, just please be respectful to each other. Be kind. We enjoy a really healthy debate. Me, of all people, I love a good rant and a rave, and I love a good debate. But just, yeah, the hate, the disrespect, it's putting me off going on social media to, to, you know, to, to... to discuss the incident to be quite honest so yeah if, if you're listening and, and you're part of our official group just keep it clean
1: absolutely I'll add
0: one more thing to that Ollie get the bleep machine ready if you can't say anything nice
1: shut the up thanks for doing it for me I really don't have the energy to do it <laughs> um, right but
3: all of that aside it was a great race I thought yeah yeah, I, I, I agree, and I really love the new format, absolutely. I think that the, uh, the sprint race, I will call it a race because it was a race.
1: It was a race, and uh, I will allow you to say that. Sky Sports even kept slipping up and saying sprint race, even though they're not allowed to, but they kept doing it because it's a race.
3: Damon Hill came out with one of the most stupid comments I've ever heard him say post-race, and it was that uh, the first two laps of that race were more exciting than the entire sprint race. What race was he watching? I thought the sprint was really good. I thought we brought a whole new mix into it.
1: Yeah. So again, I actually put a little um, uh, a poll up on our Facebook group, and I spelt it wrong, which is you know great as well. But what I put was um, uh, uh, sprint race or sprint qualifying. I actually called it the right thing. Sprint qualifying. Keep it or. Lose it. I meant lose, but I put loose <laughs> it. Um, and th- about 300 people said keep it, but I think it was just shy of 200 said lo- lose it. And I thought, why? It's, it's much more exciting than just watching qualifying.
2: Yeah, I think everyone's kind of on the fence on this, me included. I think what I need to see is I need to see the next two sprints races and i am going to call it sprint races because that is what it was it wasn't a sprint qualifying in any way because everyone was racing Mm -hmm. um but i think what will happen is i think that they will kind of look at feedback especially from um lots of different people in the f1 industry you know pundits and all that of, you know ex-drivers and things like that as well i think they'll tweak it slightly what i don't like is the fact that the actual qualifying has determined the grid for the sprint race in quotation marks. And then this the results from the sprint race has determined the grid for race day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't like that. I, I just, I think that in my own opinion, you know, take or leave it, but I think the sprint race should be a, a completely separate entity um, to, to what we're actually doing in terms of qualifying and race day. And I think it should be a lot more fun. I think mm-hmm. that the drivers and the teams should be given a bit more free rein on how they set up the cars any tyres they want, basically, apart from safety and, you know, monitoring and policing, like, rules and stuff like that, they should be allowed to do what they want. They should be just allowed to race whatever the way they want and points maybe for the top five, that kind of thing, and have it as a separate entity completely from the race week, you know, the, the race mm. day.
1: See, I, I agree with that, but there's sort of an that There is a reason why they don't do that, I think. Um, just, just thought of this as you were saying it, Emma, but the, only the top three get points in the sprint qualifying race. Um, why, why, if you're a Haas car, why bother going out? Why put extra mileage on the car? Why spend the money doing it? Why not sit in the bloody pits? And-
2: exactly. Because Haas finished, like, last in the sprint race...
1: And they knew they were, and they knew so, they were
2: going to finish last. And it
1: didn't change anything. <laughs> no, um, well, neither does any of their races. So actually, what's the point in go, driving on a Sunday? You could argue, but my point is, if it's a sprint qualifying, you know, your Russells and stuff, they have to go out because that's where they'll start on on the on the Sunday. If they don't, they know they're not going to get a top three finish. So uh, sack it off, mate. Let's let's go pub. I would say
0: two things on that. Number one, if
1: you are one of those
0: teams. You know the Alfa Romeos, the Haas's. Sorry, George, the Williams. That you know you're not going to win that. What is the point? Uh, you know, I think it'd be kind of funny to see Kimi Raikkonen just in the stands watching the sprint qualifying at one point because that is, seems like it's kind of something he'd do. However, I think the scoring system and the the risk reward needs to be tweaked somewhere in the sprint in the sprint qualifying. Mm-hmm. That was the most fun watching the cars we've had all season. Lighter fuel loads from a rolling from a standing start. 17 laps, full out. There's nobody on an outlap or an end lap. Everybody is helter-skelter, you know, hell for leather. But why? If only the top three cars are going to be awarded points and you basically already know where everybody is going to end up anyways, from uh, qualifying the day before, but there needs to be a change there. Maybe they could do you know half race distance and half the points like it would from the normal race, which I know kind of dilutes the need for the main race on Sunday. There, there has to be something they can tweak there. I think it's a good starting point. There are going to be new iterations. The biggest thing I've seen from everybody that severely just straight up dislikes it is the old fogey squad. You know, we've been doing practices on friday and quality on saturday and the race on sunday since 1976 and by god we like it like well you know the future's now old man f1 is an ever-changing motorsport and i applaud them for having the the gumption to go out there and try something new to make it more engaging so yeah
3: how do we feel about the free tire choice for the start of the race love that <laughs> how good was love that? that
1: yeah i genius. really like that i sort of missed out on that that there's like so much to learn over this you know and, and also by the way the sprint race um dear mr f1 uh dear chase Carey, and, and and all the different people don't start it at half past the hour because i was just getting ready then all of a sudden i think i've still got half an hour to get my beers and stuff <laughs> and then you've got crofty and it's welcome to silverstone i'm like well, it's, it's it's like twenty seven minutes past. as he jumped the gun? Or if <laughs> do you it's remember what you said? Do you remember what you
0: said in the chat? All oh, you're like, why is Crafty getting so excited about the pre race show? We were like, <laughs> no, dude, this is the this is the sprint
1: quality. <laughs> exactly. But do you know what? Uh, you know, we've had a really dramatic race today, so it almost takes a bit of the shine off what happened yesterday. But as an F one fan of, of of many many years, I'm going to ask you a question. Why did you initially find an appeal in F one? What was it that you enjoyed, and you thought, okay, I'm going to watch this next week? Um, Michael, I'm going to start with you. What, what,
3: just one sentence, mate? What was it? Grew up with it for me, okay, and grew it into it. So, yeah. Answer. Move. Really forward. sorry, <laughs> uh, Matt. What was it for
1: you? I mean, you're an American. Why on earth do you like F one? Because they turn both directions. Okay. All right. This isn't going the way. I, this isn't going the way I planned for it. Uh, Emma. <laughs>
2: Lewis Hamilton's debut season. I have never seen a debut season like
1: it. And by any chance, what was it about that debut season that was so exciting?
2: Well, at at the time, I had never really watched Formula One before. And I just saw the reaction of my then boyfriend, now husband. And he said to me, this is a guy that we really need to watch. Because even he had said, I've never seen anyone come into their debut season and drive the way he does. And he was the one that got me really excited about it. And just watching Lewis Hamilton in his debut season almost become a world Champion as a rookie. I mean, that that was what got me excited about F1. Mm.
1: I mean, I, I, I probably fed this question. Didn't get the answer I wanted. But what I think it is for all of us is, you know, my, my parents, they liked rugby. My dad liked cricket. I don't want either of those things. But... I watch F1 because it's it was around the same era, Emma, that we both started watching it. That was my first season as well. But it was that whole this man is giving everything that he has within his human capability to win and drive this car to the maximum. And I think as F1 fans, we all wait for the, for this magical race to happen where that happens again. It's almost like you know you, when you go to a theme park as a kid. It's never the bloody it's never as good as the first time, is it? But Sprint qualifying, sprint race, whatever the hell we're going to call it, we actually had that hell for leather. We're not saving tires. We're not worrying about strategy. We're just going for it. And that's something I missed and I, I thought would never happen again. But. Just to
0: give my honest answer, first off, you know, it's because it is racing at the pinnacle of what it could be. And I feel with the modern F1 race weekend format, You know, sometimes the team's hands are tied. We don't get to see everything these cars are capable of. You know, we all say, if you want to see a driver in a car on the limit, go watch qualifying. And that still holds true. But then we got 17 laps of racing on the limit of what a car can do. And it just, it was a breath of fresh air. You know, I'm sure the first time, you know, Chuck Yeager, the first human being to break the sound barrier in an airplane. I'm sure the first time he did that, he was like, crap, because we didn't know scientifically what would happen to him. It's the same thing for watching an F1 race. The first time you watch one and you don't understand everything, it's new, it's exciting, it's borderline terrifying, and then the more you watch it, you forget the lunacy of what it is you're watching day in and day out. You forget that a camera is very, very hard on a one-mile-long straight to capture that that car is doing 200 miles an hour. You know, It's all about maintaining perspective, and I think that's what we all want to see and I think we all kind of had that childlike wonderment sense of new with a new toy with a sprint qualifying and that's why for me at least why I flipping
1: loved it. Yeah absolutely and you know there's different sports for everyone and I think um, personally I like my boxing it, it, it's, it's two people on the absolute limit if you drop your guard for one minute you're on the floor. F1 is actually quite similar to that and we've seen that today if you know if something goes wrong you're in the wall. Um, golf, slightly different, but it depends on what you like. Um, and uh, no offense to any golf fans out there, you know it's a great sport. However, that's just what I live for. If, if if I'm not watching someone, you know, on on a knife edge, then I, you know, I'll do something else. That's what appeals to me. Let's just touch on Leclerc Matt. Uh, try try not to talk for uh, an hour like we just have about one person. But... Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I warned you. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, you know, I
0: think I may be the only nerd that voted Charles Leclerc driver of the day. Massive result, capitalized when he had the ability to. He was solid all weekend. Uh, you know, Ollie cried tears of joy. I just cried when Lewis Hamilton overtook him at the end of the race. But it, it gives us hope as Ferrari fans, and it was nice to see some semblance of competitiveness there.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, as a Lewis fan and a Mercedes fan and a McLaren fan you were not the only nerd to vote Leclerc driver of the day because I did as well
1: mm. i has got 20% cooler to me he he <laughs> was it was really sad because he won it was sorry he didn't win S- sorry uh, he um he was in the lead for what was it 68 69 laps of that race 70 70 uh- wasn't it 70 he passed on all but the last lap? Yeah, yeah it so, was 70. Yep. So how do you feel like... How, how do you take that as as, as Leclerc? Because, in, in, you know, in the interviews, he was, he was half happy, half gutted.
0: <laughs> I think you have to take that the same way that England took the loss in the Euros. You got there, you made something fantastic happen. Oh, yeah, I'm taking
1: that shot at you, Ollie. No, no, no. Go no one it. should Go ever handle... It. Anything the way that this country handled us going out of the Euros. Not the country, the team. The team. The team.
0: The reason is, you know, let's be honest, England probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Charles Leclerc, damn sure, shouldn't have been there at the end of this race. Uh, So for him to hold out that long, I think you have, even though you may not get the results you were hoping you could reach right there that was in your grasp, in your view, you can't focus on that. You can't focus on 70 laps leading... You need to be focusing on you finished second when you were started sixth and project... No, started fourth and were projected to finish sixth.
1: Cool. Um, and uh, Emma, at one point, and, and you you shot yourself in the foot here a little bit, um, just to give you some feedback. You said, I said this earlier, read up, read up, read up what I wrote. What was it you wrote?
2: I said that Norris could potentially win the race. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> To be quite honest,
1: I thought he was going to at that stage where you said yeah. it as well. What yeah. happened? I don't really know. No, we were too busy too, we too, <laughs> busy, too busy tweeting on. about Lewis Hamilton. To be honest,
2: uh. he he needed he needed that because obviously um, he needed a certain gap to be able to get. Well, I don't know how it all worked out, but anyways, at the end, he was more than like a 10-second gap behind, and it yeah, he had basically, a really
3: really slow pit stop. Basically, he didn't, basically no. he didn't win, but. <laughs>
2: He wasn't the McLaren driver I was really watching anyway, so. No.
3: But Lando did have a really awful pit stop. Oh, yeah, he yes. Did, yeah, yep. Quite a
2: slow pit stop as well. He was there not is.
3: the only one, either. No. no
0: Which, to, to very, very, very briefly cover this as the local mechanic nerd. Uh, metal uh, expands
1: under heat. <laughs> <laughs> metal expands <laughs> under heat, yeah. Metal expands
0: <laughs> under heat, literally. When you put a wheel on a spindle or an axle, it's going to expand at the same rate because it's being subjected to the same heat load you take off the hot tire and put on a cold one it's going to be tighter that's that's simply what it was uh, so for anybody calling foul or saying there were FIA shenanigans going on it was literally just luck of the draw on getting temperatures correct and metal expansion that's it
1: mm-hmm. um, we haven't mentioned the man who finished in third who we give so much slack to on this podcast Matt, Matt actually can't remember who it was was that, was that number nine? <laughs> I don't actually know what his number is but I know it's not number nine. Uh, <laughs> number seven and 77. I was making a Mazepin joke. Yeah, no, I, I got that, but I didn't know who um, number... What Anyway. I, I don't... posture... Um, he... He rolled over on his back and said, scratch my belly to Toto earlier, didn't he? I said in the chat when we
0: were discussing, like, oh, you know, if George Russell was there, this wouldn't have happened. Do you know why I think Botas may stay longer than I initially expected? Because Mercedes need a lap dog. Sorry, Dan, uh, but you're not here to fight me on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I also felt bad for Botas in the first time today. The look on his face on the podium, just just staring at Lewis Hamilton for the first half of the national anthem. <laughs> Never blinking. It was like he was stuck in a glitch in the matrix. Uh, no, I, d- okay. I, def- I defy anybody to find a quieter third-place
1: finish than that in a race. It, defy. It, it was... It was nice, because for the first time, Lewis really, really acknowledged it. And we all knew it was going to happen. I mean, I, I said, I, I predicted uh, Valtteri and James on lap 71. It was on lap 70. So I wasn't far off, right? Um, but it was it was when Lewis was doing his celebrating. It was definitely lap 70.
2: Yeah. I d- uh, sorry, sorry, Dana, about what I'm about to say. But Bottas could have just said no he's a yes man Bottas is a yes man if if the team come over the radio and say oh you've not to fight Lewis he'll just go yeah okay no worries
1: does that mean here's something Um, does that mean that his contract's not decided then because he's still saying yes Ooh, because otherwise you would say we have all
0: we have all heard the rumours about George Russell being announced this weekend and everything so if that was true and Valkyrie Bottas knew that would you not be like come take it then
2: that's a very, very. I think it's. I think it's going to be another few weeks until his contract had decided. But I think what he's done there is possibly just gone with what the team wanted to, you know, to save a bit of face and not kind of ruffle any feathers.
1: Because
2: yeah. if he had turned around and said, "No, I'm not doing it," then the team could have just went, "Okay, bye bye." Then.
1: Yeah, he said, <laughs> "Toto, I'm the one." You can sign me up again. Is basically what he said. Um, I think, yeah, he was he was playing the team game, and it was when he, uh, Lewis was hugging Tom Cruise at the end, and there's you just see Bottas in the background, just over 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 the shoulder of Lewis, just 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 watching what's going on. Oh, uh, sorry,
3: guys, let me just have a look around for my violin. <laughs> 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 um,
1: yeah, yeah, well. We had to mention him. Um, Lewis acknowledged him. He said he wouldn't have won it without Bottas. Um, Yeah. He probably still would have.
2: I think so. (laughs)
1: He beat Leclerc, man.
2: (laughs) What really gets to me is that Lewis was handed a penalty um, and he still managed to win the race. But when you actually think about it, if Lewis wasn't in contention, Bottas should have won that race. But I actually think if, if Hamilton wasn't in contention, Leclerc would have won the race. Bottas just like isn't he's just not got any bottle he just won't do anything I'm like when I poke him with a stick and just go do something
1: and this is it everyone who says it's just the car no it's just the sir Um, it's it's it literally what you just said Emma is so true Bottas didn't have a 10 second penalty Lewis Hamilton won that
3: race I'm sorry but if George Russell was in that second car he would have taken it to Leclerc if, if Hamilton wasn't there
1: Oh, yeah, George would have been sitting with a beer on the podium waiting for all to finish by that time. Yeah. Um, well, but I'm giving Bottas some credit here, you know. Um, as Dan would say, he did what he needed to do. Um, so and I'm not taking the pisses completely sounds de- like I am, but completely defying all
0: logic, reason, mathematical understanding. You know, he did what he needed to do the Dan Palmer way, yeah,
1: he did. He did, and uh, you know, Dan does his news show on a Wednesday. I will try and uh, try and limit him on the amount of he did what he needed to do, but um, I'm sure he will share his opinion and his experience. By the, from sounds,
2: today. by the sounds of it though, I think Jay is going to give him quite a lot of grief from what I've been reading in our, in our group chat. Jay is very much like that nah, sorry mate but i shouldn't be in that seat anymore
0: <laughs> honestly i hope they hear that ball bo- that ollie likes boxing and they incorporate that into the news podcast because it might be a little bit of a weekly beat down
1: <laughs> well that's what this podcast has become <laughs> i'm surprised dan still comes for it each week um but listen guys it's it's been a great weekend and like we mentioned the new the new format I loved having quali on a Friday evening. That gave me something to look forward to on a Friday night. I loved having a race on a Saturday night. And I loved having another one on Sunday. Even better that there was great racing all the way through it. And do you know what? Uh, I think Verstappen-Hamilton round one in the sprint race, great racing. Again, it was absolutely incredible. Um, today they got what was we all knew was going to finally happen. But
2: I do want to give a shout out to Daniel Ricciardo, obviously, me being biased. Uh, because he finished fifth and that was his uh, best result of the season for McLaren. Um, you know, first fifth position this year. So um, hopefully he's, he's going to get some more consistency in the car and we'll get to see some podiums from him soon.
1: Emma,
0: I saw- Earth-shattering relations here for the nerds, huh?
1: I saw Emma on TV earlier um, with this sign uh, and it said, Daniel, will you marry me? And I said, <laughs> Emma, you're meant to be on the podcast later. What are you doing at Silverstone? And then she said... Tell her to get in line. <laughs> <laughs> so, are are we doing our honorable mentions rather than our drivers of the day? Okay, yeah, we, we we can do that, and you you can start. Cough, cough. I'm going to actually say Esteban Ocon.
0: Esteban Ocon finished seventh today. Nope, I'm a liar. Finished ninth today. And for somebody that, you know, with the exception of Botas, it's the forgotten man of Formula One behind Fernando Alonso. You know, if you see like the driver intros where they're going around the track on the bus, they always talk to Alonso. But nobody really talks to Esteban Ocon. That's a solid drive from him. Uh, so I'm actually going to give my honorable mention of the day, to Esteban Ocon. Good on
1: you, lad. OK. Uh, Emma, who's your friend on the bus? <laughs>
2: Who's my friend
1: on the bus. Well, Matt said it. They never talked to him on the bus. So um, Emma, who do you talk to on the bus? <laughs> Daniel
2: Ricardo all day long.
1: <laughs> uh, any any other honourable
3: mentions? I think... Uh, God, I can't remember anything else that happened. I th- I'm going to go with Emma. I think Danny Rick, it's great to see a bit of consistency out of him now. So It just shows that he's finally getting to, into the grips with that car. Clearly not with the road cars, given the... Uh, the pre-race show and the fact that he's oh, spun yeah. about five times with uh, in front of his boss.
1: Beaten by the boss.
3: Yeah. Um, we're nearly out of time, but we can't
1: leave without just talking about the championship standings because, oh boy, have things changed. Um, who's Who's got them to hand? I do know that Max Verstappen is still in the championship lead and so are Red Bull, but I also is, know that that's only just. He is eight points ahead of Lewis Hamilton, 185. So,
0: doing some quick math, that means that Lewis Hamilton has 177. Seven. Yeah, I, I I completely panicked for a moment. I didn't want to do math incorrectly on the podcast. Uh, also, the big shakeup for me and the drivers is Lando Norris is ahead of Botas for third. I thought he had been the whole season.
2: Yeah, he has been the whole season. Botas Still
0: with that podium. And Botas has closed the gap. Mm-hmm. Botas should be fifth if checo had not dropped it in the quali- uh, sprint qualifying race whatever we're going to call that format i still think that Botas would be 5th once again reiterating Botas is a very slow lap dog
1: yeah and he, and he shouldn't be 5th he should be 2nd <laughs> he shouldn't be 3rd he should be 2nd mm-hmm. anyway um yeah, so, so that, that's got really exciting now. It's gone from a DNF between them. Max had his DNF, so it, it's back where we started, really, but with a whole lot more anger behind it. and Some um, teenage angst in the paddock right now. Oh, yeah, they're, gonna be, they're not going to be doing all this, oh, well done, mate, great race at the end of next race. Oh, no, they'll be kicking each other in the balls behind the camera. Um, what about the team standings?
2: Red Bull are now on 289 points. Mercedes have closed the gap and are literally four points behind.
1: My God. And we all thought Red Bull were gonna run away with it.
2: Yeah. McLaren are still in third at 163 and Ferrari are in fourth with
1: 148. Real men! Real men! So this sort of explains why Christian Horne has been a tad bitter. All of this uh, advantage that they're built up in the drivers and the constructors has, has has vanished so coming up in two weeks we've got hungry and because we are so prepared and we have all of our facts ready and you guys don't hear the edit we know and we're going to tell you when the next sprint qualifying race Saturday race is so um, Michael can you I think you're the one with it
3: <laughs> it's Monza Right. Cool. Monza. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't got it on the screen when that is.
2: <laughs> September.
3: Let's have a quick look. It's
2: always the first weekend in September is Monza.
3: Is it? I didn't know because of COVID if it had changed. Sorry. Right.
2: Uh, and the, the third location, uh, according to my sources, is still yet to be decided, although Cota and Interlagos are rumoured to be announced.
0: It's yeah. going to be
1: Cota. Well, and he's definitely up. not going to Brazil. Let's be honest. Because I won't be there, so it has to be covered. <laughs> so
3: the next race with the uh, with the sprint qualifying will be uh, will be Monza. Uh, Dear Michael Massey, I'm, I'm going t- to send you
0: an email about where the next sprint race should be between America and Brazil. Please check that. I'll send it to you during Hungary.
2: Send your crayon drawing.
1: Oh, God. We really hope you've enjoyed our show. We have. Um, And if you have, please vote it five stars. Um, We do all of this to entertain you. Even if you don't agree with us, that's fine. Just be nice about it. Let us know. You can always email us, info at formulas.com. Cut to the race podcast group on Facebook. There's just so many ways to catch us. Twitter, Instagram, my God, YouTube. Uh, Formulas.com, have I missed anything? TikTok. Oh God, TikTok.
2: We still have TikTok.
1: oh oh, it's 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 growing it is growing
2: (laughs) i'm i'm too old for
1: that yeah me too what is is tiktok
2: yeah what is it
1: i don't know short videos of really awkward teenagers dancing that's what i thought it was that's why i've never downloaded it but we've got that if if that's your thing come and check it out the formula nerds does it
0: quick shout out to uh all of our moderators in the fall of this weekend scott carl Bernie, maddie matthew and kenneth like y'all are warriors so please treat them kindly. Just treat your with respect. And I want to drop in your inbox and tell you that you're out.
1: Awesome. Uh, yeah. And thanks to the whole Formula Notes team. We've got an amazing team of people that um, live, breathe Formula One for the benefit of you. we got writers. We've got content creators. We've got us. It's fantastic. Um, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. No
3: worries. Thank you.
1: Uh, Matthew, thank you, sir.
0: Thank you for having me. Michael Massey. Remember, check your email, bro
1: yeah it'd be a bit long winded if it's from Matt so put some time aside I'm only joking man, I'm only joking and uh, Emma thank you very much my love
2: thank you and thank you for allowing me to have my uh, my rant <laughs>
1: it's alright I actually contained mine slightly <laughs> and, and it still went on for that long like any of us could stop Emma to begin with
2: no you can't
1: <laughs> alright we, uh, so we will see you next week peace out
2: Podcast Network.